Real quickly, I want to talk to you about the weapon of worship from an incredible story in Scripture. The weapon of worship, because that's what you've heard tonight. The weapon of worship. The power of worship. It's a weapon. It's a weapon that you have been given in the power of the Holy Spirit. It's true worship. It's when you know that you worship a living God. In Acts chapter 16, verse 25, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And where they were praying was in a prison. Paul, an apostle, someone who followed God. For those of you that might be visiting and you don't normally go to church, but this great man of faith had been beaten with one of his disciples named Silas, beaten, thrown into a prison and shackled. And at midnight, because the midnight hour for many of us here in New York City, represents the hour of difficulty, the hour of depression, the hour of loneliness. The midnight hour often represents the hour of despair, but the midnight hour also represents when we can cry out to a living God and believe that he's going to respond and set us free from everything that we've had to go through. So allow the midnight hour to belong to God tonight. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying, singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. The prisoners were listening to them because who they were talking about was very attractive. Because just like you heard a little earlier, Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men to me. See, the weapon of worship calls for other people to listen when they don't even believe. The weapon of worship will stir up such a, a, a feeling and a sense of knowing that God is in this place. When you recognize worship as a weapon, knowing that in faith, my God has the power to step in and intervene, that's where your hallelujah gets stirred up and you know you got to shout. And, and they, they were listening to them as they were singing hymns about Jesus singing hymns about his grace and singing hymns about his love and his mercy. And this is what happens with the weapon of worship. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. Immediately, as they were worshiping, the doors were opened. As they were worshiping, everyone's bonds were unfastened. When the jailer woke and saw that the prison doors were open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. But there's no reason to run when you have the weapon of worship. Because even in the darkest of places, the light pierces through. It's the light of Jesus Christ. And no matter where you stand, whether in a prison, whether in a valley, whether in a jail, you have the peace of the Holy Spirit when you worship and give him glory. But there's some folks that don't understand that. So the jailer thought that they had all ran away and he was ready to kill himself. Because for folks that don't understand the weapon of worship, they're ready to give up and just die when things don't go right. But oh, thank God for his grace. You see, Paul cried with a loud voice, do not harm yourself, we're all here. And the jailer called for lights and rushed in. And trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. 
Now here's what is so powerful about the word of the Lord and the weapon of worship. Because the weapon of worship calls you to believe in humility that God has the final say. The weapon of worship is a surrender unto God saying, because you forgave me, because you died for me, I know I can forgive those that have hurt me. The weapon of worship stirs up the power of the Holy Spirit within you so that you would see in a supernatural way what God has called you to do. You see, you have to understand something. The jailer was getting ready to kill himself because he couldn't see the prisoners. And the reason why he couldn't see the prisoners is because they were in an inner prison with no lights. But somebody in the jail was operating on a different light source. I said somebody in the jail was operating on a different light source. And he was able to operate on a different light source because he understood the weapon of worship. So that even though it was dark and the jailer couldn't see where the prisoners were, but Paul could see where he was. And even in the dark, in a supernatural way, he says to the jailer, don't kill yourself. And we know that it was dark because the jailer called for lights because he had no idea what was going on in the dark. But when you have the weapon of worship, you are able to stand in the dark and declare God to be God. The weapon of worship. The weapon of worship. Every bit of that story represents the beauty of, of the cross and the power of Jesus Christ and the victory that was won for you when he died. The weapon of worship is best understood when you understand the cross. The power of the cross. Jesus, his hands nailed to the old rugged cross, this piece of wood shaped in a T, his, hand, his feet nailed, his hands nailed, a crown of thorns on his head. We put him on that cross because of our sin. And in that moment, he cries out. He says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. He gives God all glory. It's a cry of prayer. It's a cry of worship. It's the weapon of worship that would set you and I free 2,000 years ago. And on that cross, the Bible says that he said, Father, into your hands, I commit my spirit. Father, into your hands, I surrender my life. Father, into your hands, I trust you. Father, into your hands, I believe. Father, into your hands, I choose to walk in obedience to your will. Father, into your hands, I commit my spirit. And the Bible says that he cried out with a loud voice. And I believe as we get ready to worship, some of you are going to put up a shout because I know you've been through some things. I know you have struggled. I know you've been put in a prison, maybe in your own home. I know you might feel like you're in that jail cell, but I'm going to tell you, tonight is your night to worship. Tonight is your night to worship. Tonight is your night to commit your life completely to Jesus Christ. Tonight is your night to do exactly what Jesus did on the cross when he died for your sins. It is to put up a shout and believe that God is going to shake the grounds that you stand on. You know that's what happened, right? You see, when he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit, he willingly chose to die for you and I. And he breathed his last right after he shouted. He shouts. It wasn't a, 
It wasn't a shout of despair. It wasn't a shout of pain. It was a shout of victory. The battle has been won. Jesus defeated sin and death on that cross. I know in faith and I believe that it was such a shout of victory that that is why the earth shook. The Bible says the earth shook, not just a piece of ground. I believe the earth shook when Jesus put up a shout. The weapon of worship will shake the ground. The Bible says the earth shook, the rocks split open, symbolizing that the tomb the stone that was rolled in place of that tomb was not going to be able to hold the great power of God. The Bible says that the curtain temple was torn down in half from top to bottom. The temple curtain was torn, not from the bottom to the top, but from the top to the bottom. Because if it was torn from the bottom to the top, that would indicate that maybe man had something to do with that big curtain being torn. But no, it was the hand of God's grace that tore that curtain from the top to the bottom so that you and I could sit down at the mercy seat and know the love and the grace of God. And we could worship him and we could shout hallelujah. We could shout glory. Glory to the King of Kings. We can shout, I have a Savior in Jesus Christ. You, you know what else happened? We're getting ready to worship, but hold on. The Bible says in Matthew that when he put up that shout, that victory shout, that, that weapon of worship when we cry out to God, the Bible says that the graves opened up and the saints walked up out of the graves. Some of y'all that don't normally go to church are looking at me like, yeah, yeah, where, where you get that from? It's in the gospel of Matthew. And it's, in a, it's a powerful moment in scripture that says this. It, it, it represents that the grave is not going to be able to hold you down because you know who you worship. The Bible says that when Jesus shouted, the graves opened up and the saints walked out. And I believe that they made their way right to the temple, right in that part where the curtain had been torn by the grace of God. And they went walking in and they started to shout, hallelujah, hallelujah. This is your night to walk out of the grave. If you so choose to take the weapon of worship, this is your night to walk out of the grave. This is your night to walk out of that prison. This is your night to worship and to pray the same prayer that the great and mighty God prayed on the cross. Into your hands, Father, I commit my spirit. Into your hands. Father, into your hands. You've experienced the weapon of worship. Now, I'm going to invite you to make it a lifestyle. Some of you have come in tonight and it feels really good to be a part of this. And you'll walk away tonight talking about how you had this really cool experience in a church tonight. And some people might even ask you, well, what did you do? And you might say, well, the, that guy, Pastor David, and they, they, they just talked about worshiping and it felt good. But I want you to know something now. Worship is a lifestyle. But Father, into your hands... What will you give him that you don't need to hold on to anymore tonight? What is still in your hands that you need to lay down? Because some of you have been worshiping a whole lot of other things other than the living God. 
Some of us, we worship our relationships. We worship and adore our friendships more than the God who died on the cross. We worship our money. There are people that actually worship themselves. But Father, into your hands, I surrender my pride. I surrender my arrogance. I surrender my jealousy. Father, into your hands, I, I, I surrender depression. Father, into your hands, I surrender my sin lifestyle to you. Forgive me. I, I surrender it all to you. And I, I want all in. I want all in. What is it that you've been holding on and you now need to fully surrender it? Maybe you've just been holding on to your life completely. Like, no, this is my life and this is what I want to do. But Father, into your hands, I commit it all. Maybe you've been fighting here in New York City with a weapon that you think is best suited for you, but it's not the weapon of worship unto a living God. Listen to me. Um, right after this service, I'm heading up to Yonkers with my wife and my kids, and we're going to go visit my wife's grandmother, who's been my grandmother, and uh, she's lived a beautiful, long life in the faith. 94 years old, and she's getting ready to go home and be with the Lord. So we've just got word. I'm going to head up. She's been the matriarch of our family. A woman of prayer and a woman of worship. And when I first showed up to New York City, I didn't have a job or a place to live. I was, um, I was engaged to my wife, and I just felt helpless. I didn't know where to go. I felt like I was suffocating in New York City. But grandma took me in. She took me in Woodside Projects in Queens. And uh, she'd make breakfast for me every morning and I'd go out and I'd look for jobs. I'd put in an application here and there and just couldn't find anything. I'd come back frustrated. And when I'd come back to the house, she'd have worship music playing. And then when I would go back to the back room where she was at, she'd have scripture open that I should read and worship playing. And she would walk up to me. She, she said, you just keep worshiping God for the very thing that you don't even see yet. Say it over and over again. I know you don't see the breakthrough. I know it feels like it's all wrong, but you just worship the living God who will not fail. It's the weapon of worship. If there's anybody here tonight where you feel like you're just dying, feel like you just can't go on, tonight choose to worship Jesus, the living God. You just give him thanks. Father, I thank you for every person that came forward. Thank you, Lord. I thank you for your presence. I thank you, God, for being our Savior, healer, our Redeemer. God, you're able to restore every life that's here tonight. And every person watching online, you're able to do it. You have the power to do it. You went to the cross and you won the victory for our lives. You defeated sin and death. And nobody has to walk around tonight feeling like they're dying. So we look to you. 
We choose you, oh God. We say yes to your will. We say yes to your promises. We choose to stand on your word that says you will never leave us nor forsake us. We belong to you. And I pray that every heart would just open up now to you to receive you as Lord and Savior. I want you to pray your own prayer up here. I don't have to lead you in a specific prayer, but you right now, wherever you're at, just say, Jesus, come in. Come inside of my life and live and be my God. Forgive me of my sins. I choose tonight to follow you. Make me a new person. That's your prayer tonight. Make me a new person. I choose to worship you as God, as Savior. May my life be fully surrendered to you. I want to worship you in all of my ways. Thank you, God, for dying on a cross for all of my sins. And you rose again on the third day. And I am alive now in you. The very resurrection power and life that was demonstrated from the cross to the grave. Lord, I thank you. That very spirit now belongs to me, to you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. In the name of Jesus.